Magic and Mythos. A deep dive into the history of magic with, with two, two modern, modern mages. mages. Hey. Hey. How is everyone doing out there? Wait, no one can give us a response. Well, <laughs> tweet us, Instagram us. Yeah, tweet <laughs> us, Instagram us. Let us know how you're doing. I know it's a bit of a crazy time, so we love to check in and hear. With and all, are- yeah. We're steamrolling right into the holiday season. Yes. We've passed the ceremonial entrance into the dark months, and here we are. Yes. So in Portland, rain, darkness. Yes. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. And yeah. Speaking of, are you doing anything for Thanksgiving next week? Well, it's hard right because normally I have like a Friendsgiving if I'm away from the family then I have a Friendsgiving uh, if not then usually it's been a mixture of like family and friends mm-hmm. minus the whole dark history that comes with that holiday yeah which I do not like obviously and I to me I just like to focus on this idea of gratitude and you're yeah, kind of going like- the literal Thanksgiving giving of thanks. Exactly. The literal right. giving of thanks. You know, we're going into the end of the year. So just having this positive attitude and being grateful for everything you have, that everything around you, you know, all your family and friends. And don't get me wrong. You shouldn't need a specific day to do that. But totally. sometimes we need that. It's a good reminder. Good reminder. Exactly. So just taking that into the new year. That's what that day is for me. So hopefully I'll be able to do something of the sort. It would obviously be with my bubble of people that, right. you know, we talk to each other and get tested and all of that good stuff and are quarantined and don't really do anything else outside of each STD other. STD tested? No. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, get out there. But yeah, same. We This is going to be Chris's first Thanksgiving off. He's always worked in restaurants. Oh, and, yeah. I remember that life. Right. And so he often will get Christmas off, but not Thanksgiving or like New Year's or something. They all have to trade oh, off. Oh, they have to trade off. Yeah, I but remember that. It's his favorite holiday. And I mean, it's been probably 12 years since he's had off. And this is the first year because he just started a new job. So we'll do something. I really do want to do some kind of Friendsgiving thing, mostly because I love to taste other people's families' food. Oh, yeah. You know, like their traditional stuff. And I am feeling, I don't know, like, of course, feeling very separate from people. It's hard. So it's definitely a good time to try to reconnect a little bit. I think it you, it's needed for, just for like our well-being, our right. mental well-being, our physical well-being even oh, it all yeah. kind of emotional emotional it all just kind of works together and they are yeah. interconnected totally so yeah i mean and we can't the one thing we can't deny is how much the food of that time is so delicious i love I thanksgiving <laughs> food it's my favorite it's, it's such, so comforting it's such a complicated quote holiday because it's absolutely heinous yes what America, America and Americans have done and continued to do to, do, yeah. to Native peoples. But man, the food. The food is, yeah. So, I mean, it's just about shifting perspectives, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just happy that 
hopefully in we can shift perspectives by one being grateful for everything we have and appreciative of everything that we are given as well as some finding a way to give back yeah so like more giving of thanks less dressing your kids up like pilgrims and exactly native peoples yeah and hopefully down the line we can start teaching kids like the real history of the genocide yeah yeah exactly (laughs) the real history of just like no they didn't have great little get together dinner where they were all happy that's not how it works breaking bread together no that was yeah oh well all that aside i'm really excited to talk about today's topic which is scrying scrying i know this is this is a good topic I'm excited. I mean, it's massive. Again, we keep choosing these huge, huge, vast topics that I we know. can spend I know. an hour talking about each part of, of what scrying is. But again, another magical practice with very ancient roots. Yeah. I, and that's the thing, right? I, can you really, are there any magical practices? I mean, maybe there are some, maybe, I mean, I I can't think of any off the top of my head, magical practices that don't have some sort of connection to. Oh yeah. You mean like modern, modern practices? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot adapted. Yeah. I feel like if, you know, yeah, they're either adapted or. Or like satanism feels kind of newer but that's more on like a religious spectrum yeah and some practices yeah but there's they're pretty much all anciently based yeah exactly adapted or rooted back in ancient but it's fun to figure out which ancient culture well there's so I love that yeah no I love that as well there's so much context and history and story around all these different magic rituals and practices and, and we just don't know sometimes we don't know or we don't remember or it, and it's just nice to like delve in and to to be reminded and oh that God. totally makes me think of the fact that so many similar practices were popping up all over the world in like roughly the same many hundreds of years which of course is a really long time but like travel and global travel wasn't a thing hello flat earth no internet no access to information wait wait the what the interwebs (laughs) interwebs that sucks (laughs) i know right we're so we're lucky i always say yeah thank goodness that i we're so connected age of google yeah because google you do me right all the time (laughs) You might be the only one. Just kidding, Chris. I love you. So, yeah. So this practice of scrying, which you might most easily recognize as looking at a crystal ball or looking into a mirror, which we'll get into all of these things. But according to Northcote W. Thomas's 1905 book, Crystal Gazing, It's History and Practice, In pre-industrial times, crystal gazing was most commonly practiced by several groups. So you have the Pawnee, the Iroquois, the Incas, Egyptians, Persians, Chinese, people of the Yucatan, which spans the globe. I think that's fascinating. And this would have been, yeah, like I said, roughly the same time. It's very ancient aliens. Somebody's dropping this knowledge somewhere. And you can also see crystals being used as divination tools all the way back to the Celtic Druids of Gaul and Britain and Ireland. And 
they lived during the Iron Age. They were pretty much wiped out by Christianity in like 600 AD. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a, I mean, I feel like a common. Yeah. Christianity just wiped out a lot yeah. of stuff. And Common theme in history. Right. And what's known about the Druids, the Druids at that time were a class of educated professionals who hung out in the woods to perform sacrificial magic ceremonies, which is what I wish I was doing all the time. And what we know of it now comes from the oral accounts of Julius Caesar and the Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder. I don't know if you've come across yes. Pliny. I, I know some Pliny. <laughs> yeah, Pliny had a lot of cuckoo, we'll call them cuckoo ideas, about medicine and, I mean, a number of things. He was really making statements during his lifetime. So early crystal gazers would often use the mineral barrel, B-E-R-Y-L. That's a sea green mineral. It was polished into a sphere to enhance the reflective properties. Thus, a, a crystal ball is born. So the reason barrel was so popular is that it's more magnetically charged than other minerals, so therefore more apt to connect with psychic energies of the moon. Because that makes the sense. Moon yeah. And the tides and the magnet. And, and you can't whatever. separate those. Science two. is hard. <laughs> Science is hard. The water and the moon. The yeah. Tides. And then moving on in the timeline, I mean, Nostradamus is believed to have employed water as a scrying tool into which he received images of future events, which I don't, I haven't, I don't have any recollection of any of his, his sight coming true or his divinations coming true. It could be totally possible. I didn't look it up. I should have. I'll probably Google it later. But yeah, he was definitely employing scrying to see into the future to make his very many, many statements about Mm -hmm. what he thought was coming. So then in the Roman era, Vulcan, the blacksmith god of fire, total babe. I know. I love Vulcan. Mm. Made a magic mirror. Yeah. He made a magic mirror that showed the past, present, and future. He also made one for Venus, his wife, who is the goddess of love. Also known as Aphrodite. Aphrodite. She used it to hide her actions so she could carry on a nasty girl affair with Mm-mm. Mars. Can you believe that? I I mean, I can. Have yes. you seen his god? I mean, the, go- the, the Greek slash Roman gods were definitely not virtuous. Yeah. I mean, I'd throw it down for Mars. Oh. 100%. I'm not saying I wouldn't have. <laughs> and across the world, or at, you know, way, way, way across the world, <laughs> opposite side, the Aztecs were using obsidian to make mirrors. So this is the beginning of black mirror scrying, which we'll talk about later in the episode. They're, Katie's favorite. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> it freaks me out. I'll talk about it later. Um, so they actually have a god or a lord named Tetzcatlipoca. Tetzcatlipoca. I practiced that. Dang it. <laughs> lord of the smoking mirror. He even wore a black mirror on his chest. And because he was the god of communication, the mirror allowed his followers to talk to him. So it was kind of like, like people pray and he could see it in his disc around his neck, which I feel like would get really annoying, but maybe he could decide when it turned on or off. Yeah. I hope so for him. And then even Merlin had a magic mirror and his only saw into the future. I I hope, really? I hope he got like a discount for that. I know. 
<laughs> I'm like, where did you get that? Wait, because one, yeah, one third you can't of even the, like, what about, yeah, one third? Yeah. No past, no present. 33% of this works. And no, that's great. I mean, I, I imagine seeing into the future comes in handy for sure. However, so then you can even see divination and the use of scrying in the Hebrew Bible in the book of Genesis, which is pretty fascinating. That is fascinating. And it's Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcoat who uses a chalice of water as a tool for divination. And it's not quite expressly stated in the Bible that that's what he's doing, but he was a vizier of Egypt and he used this particular chalice to drink and also to scry in the water. And there's a whole story around his chalice being stolen. And it, it's just so interesting to me because you have Christianity and Catholicism and or just certain religions who are like very anti-magic unless it's like their prophets or their like yeah. it's connected to their like totally. how they, yeah, Which to their d- divinity is just like Joseph Smith who started the Mormon branch latter-day saints movement interesting Uh, i did not know yeah there was any sort of scrying i didn't realize it either and as i was researching i was like oh that totally makes sense that i just didn't put those words together yeah with scrying so he on a treasure hunt in the early 1820s found several stones that were very reflective and he would put them in his hat in the crown of his hat put his face in the hat and then would like read these reflective stones. Wow. Which essentially is just like crystal gazing. Yeah. And that gave him access to be able to translate the golden plates, which are like the source of Mormonism of the book of Mormon. And I I, did not know that. Right. And I think that's fascinating because yeah, Christians denounced most form Forms of magical interpretation. Scrying was considered heresy, heresy from like yeah, exactly. 600 AD on. Mm-hmm. So for You're like, wait a minute, a, you know, a a slightly removed branch of Christianity and but Mormonism being started by the use of crystal gazing is wild. Yeah. And it's not just like a part of it. It's literally the foundation, the foundation. of how it was created. Like couldn't have happened it without. About, yeah. So I'm not going to say hypocrites, but. <laughs> but anyway. Uh-huh. So then coming forward to modern day, so how many of you out there have ever tried Bloody Mary? Oh, I have. Oh my God. I know. Oh, even saying it, her name out one time. Even saying it creeps me out. <gasps> and there is a mirror Stop it. in Stop. the room. I'm not looking there. I'm not looking there. <laughs> and I think that I have such an aversion to Black Mirror scrying because of my many experiences with playing this game. I get it. Game is in quotation marks. Yes, she is air quoting right now. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm just going to blow through this Take a moment. (laughs) I absolutely remember playing this quote game as a child. So you you might have played it too and been alone or at a sleepover perhaps with the gals. Okay, so I just have to say this. I remember it being so creepy for me because I would play this in elementary and the bathroom that we would do this in was this just big square concrete 
cube with no windows dim fluorescent flickering lights i hate this and this huge mirror that spanned a total of like eight feet that's bad oh my god and it was and the lights would flicker and we would run in and the thing is it wasn't like you could run right into the bathroom you'd actually have to go into a door through a hallway into another door and so we would go in of course and we'd be like bloody Mary. No, stop. It's 100% <laughs> okay, haunted. Okay. The whole place is haunted. Yeah, I, I, that, that bathroom still gives me... Haunts your dreams? Na- yes, nightmares. <laughs> it really does. Oh, God. Okay. So I'm, I'm holding myself as I'm talking about this. So you're in a dark bathroom or dark wherever with a mirror and you say your girl's name three times and uh, you're doing this in hopes that you might catch a glimpse of her, which... Like, why do we do that? Yeah, well, because what was the point of that? It was I like, don't know. It was to freak ourselves out. I don't really it. think about it. Yeah. You're like, I would like to see this horrifying creature. You're like, why? But here's what's up. I don't. I don't. Want. <laughs> I don't want to see. There's her. nothing. No, about. thanks. I'm like, girl, live your life. You do you. You haunt that bathroom mirror. But like, I don't need to be a part of it. So. Bye. (laughs) So one thing I learned, though, is that folklore tells us that this game stems from a practice of young women trying to catch a glimpse of their future husband. So that is crazy. It has roots back to scrying. I didn't even know that. Which totally totally makes sense. It makes sense when you talk about it now. But yeah. Didn't even know. And I'm going to change future husband to future spouse. Yes. You know. Exactly. And so the idea is like, you go and you do this and you say her name and you maybe would see your future husband or future spouse in a darkened mirror. But if you actually see a ghost or Miss Mary, that that means that you would probably die before your wedding day. And that's just so comforting. Which is, you know, that's not cute. And that sucks. Sad news. And um, so there's also this even older folkloric practice of walking backwards up a staircase with a candle and a hand mirror. Ew. Yes. And similar idea of like, maybe I'll see my future husband over my shoulder. If you see the Grim Reaper, you'll probably die before you get married. Yeah, that was actually one of the games that was traditional during Dumb Supper. Oh, yeah. During Samhain. So, yeah. I'm not playing that. I re- I You're re- like, I'm not going to do it. I don't be. care. Don't want to know. Yeah. I'm like, let it be a surprise. <laughs> Either way, whether you see your husband or a, a very scary ghost figure. Thank you. Either way, that's scrying. Yes. Cool. That's... Right? Yeah. So, not only are superstitions and folklore uh, chock full of these kind of hidden scrying practices we also see these methods used just chock full throughout pop culture so you know professor trelawney and harry potter comes to mind for me the wizard of oz has two crystal balls the wicked witch uses one to find find dorothy like in the poppy field and also the fortune teller in the beginning uses a very hilarious crystal ball like roaming crystal Uh. traveling crystal ball thing and in Lord of the Rings, Galadriel uses a basin for water scrying. Yep, totally. And the Palantirs that. are throughout the land are basically like 
seer stones, communication stones, and crystals and things. So that's Snow White, of course. Mirror, that's like mirror. the famous one, right? Like yeah. the mirror scrying. Like, girls, tell me how pretty I am. And you're like, I Mirror, can't. mirror on the wall. Who's, Who's the, the fairest? fairest of them all? And many other things. I mean, I always think, when I think of crystal balls, Teen Witch, the movie Teen Witch comes to mind. Teen Witch, and why Zelda, can't I remember? I forget oh. her last name, is just the most, I think, most underrated actress of our time. But moving on. <laughs> That's a different conversation for different a different conversation. day. We'll have a whole episode related to Zelda. <laughs> All of that said, yeah, so I think the most quintessential picture is the Gypsy Rom traveling fortune teller which is like you have a dim room and a woman who's ornately dressed and she's sitting at this small table that's covered in like silk and lace or like a doily and you and your doilies I know every time I gotta bring it up (laughs) and the crystal balls you know in the center of the table it's the centerpiece of everything she's like waving her long hands and fingers over this globe the candlelight's dancing her eyes are focused on whatever she can see in the crystal ball it's all very spooky you know i think we'd be hard pressed for someone to not immediately see that image in their head i feel like it's such a popular right and i do also i find in my personal life i i that gets equated to witchcraft the most yes when people ask i mean it's always like oh can you tell my future and i'm like man that's so fascinating because fortune telling divination all like the scrying all of this is so such a tiny tiny piece of the craft it is but it's probably like almost the more most accepted because it's been like popularized yeah exactly it's like the more so you're like oh okay you know ooh, magic is heresy but i'll go get my fortune told at a carnival yeah, I'm way more comfortable with that. And yeah, so like most stereotyp- stereotypical references, there's, there is actually an element of truth within that. It's just been fascinating to do some research into the actual accuracies and truths about a lot of it. So that brings us to the mes- methods themselves, which I will let you take on. Yeah, so I'll be going into how to do different types of scryings. Scrying is normally seen as a divination that involves staring into a reflective surface at the hopes of gleaming a vision or messages, you know, also known as second sight. And so the idea is that you glean messages that reveal either the past, present or future. And even though that is the usual kind of definition of scrying, there are other methods of scrying. And though the act of gazing into a shiny reflective surface as a means of divining has its roots back to, like you mentioned, the ancient druids of the Celtic during the Bronze Age, there are other types of scrying that go as far as back as Egypt, as well as taking it back to our first episode, Mesopotamia. Love those guys. Yeah, so they did... Oil scrying, Egyptians did dream scrying, love which it. I absolutely love. I found dream scrying. I found a ritual on how to do it, and I'm really excited because I want to try it, and I definitely want it to be an offering in one of our soon future episodes. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a really cool ritual, so I'll, we'll definitely share it. I'm going to focus more on the predominant and popular methods and 
I will say this. There are a few more modern methods of scrying, like using a phone, like a no. phone screen. No, yep. no, no. <laughs> or a TV screen. Oh, and, no, no, no. Yeah. And so I'm not going to go into this really. I mean, it makes sense because it is like a black mirror. Exactly. Oh, I just shuddered. Yeah, you're like. Yes, exactly. So again, I'm not going to delve into like the methods of how to do that, but I will say this. So basically it's very, it's common belief that electrical currents in whether it be lights or TVs or any sort of electrical currents help to provide energies for entities to cross over. So Mm -hmm. if you are going to fox around with this kind of like more modern like tv or using a phone screen or whatever i just think it's very important to state that you're very clear on setting your intentions and you're going to be very careful when you do these methods because tvs and phones these electrical devices especially electrical devices that we put so much focus and energy into are such powerful portals yeah you got to close the circle. You got to close the circle. You, you got to say s- goodbye, good night. You got to set your intention. Exactly. And so the thing is, you think about it, you're like, well, if you're attaching all this energy into, say, a TV, a TV that you're like, like me, I love horror films. Yeah. I, I, we, we, you know, we have our scary movie nights and things like that. And so, you know, or you watch the news and that's kind of depressing or, you know, it's attached to this feeling of sadness or grief, then you're kind of changing that portal to be, have that negative energy, right? Yeah. Now, if you're someone who like never watches anything bad and you're only watching comedies and romance and things that bring joy, then you're shifting the perspective of that portal and you're making it positive. But I, I mean, I don't know how many people only watch happy things yeah, on TV. Yeah, and even so, anything that's happening in your house that could also feed the energy, I'm j- I just think close it like you would close a yeah. Ouija board or exactly or a ritual in general, and just say exactly thank you. I'm done using you for this purpose. Yeah, because Lord God up above, wherever you are, Goddess, <laughs> everybody, hear me on this. If I ever shut my TV off and there is a something in that TV mm-hmm. mirror. No. No, thank you. I'm out. No, exactly. And so another precaution you can take is like if you're going to use a TV for scrying, pull the electrical cord off. Ah. So don't just turn it off, but pull the cord out so there's not an electrical current going into the TV. I'm just, you know, I'm all about That's taking every idea. precaution if you're going to do that. Again, not my jam, but no judgment to each their own. I just like, for me, I like to stick to more traditional methods. They're just more aligned with my practice. But, you know, solid to each their own. So I know that when you know, we talked about this. When most people think of scrying, we think of crystal balls. I think that's like the go-to, right? Crystal yeah. balls is the go-to. And I know that you mentioned this as well, but most people have this image in their mind of this like Professor Trelawney, Rom, Gypsy, Fortune Teller. But there are other methods of scrying, like fire scrying, water scrying, your favorite mirror scrying. <laughs> As smoke scrying. So you have, when you really think about it, there really is a scrying method that is attached to each of the elements, right? So you have water scrying and mirror scrying that are attached to water. You'll have fire scrying, and which is attached to obviously fire. You have smoke scrying, 
very air. attached to air. And then you have crystal balls or crystals that come from the earth. So connected yeah. to the earth element. That tracks. Yeah. So you really do have a scrying that kind of connects to each of the elements. So I'm going to kind of go into how you do the four main popular traditional methods of scrying. Um, the first one is crystal ball scrying. And so I know people will always, and I've had, I've got this question actually from some friends and stuff like this about like, even when they're picking crystals, it's like, how do you pick a crystal ball? And there really isn't like a specific way to do it. Like right. everything with magic, it's like what calls to you. And so you want to really just find one that connects with your energy. Any sort of time when you pick a crystal for your altar or a pendulum for your dowsing, you really want to look and feel for the one that's aligned with your vibrations and your energies. Right. And it'll call to you. I know people sometimes are like, really? What does that mean? Like, wh- what will it say? Or how or they will feel it look? like that's super woo woo. Yeah. But you go and immediately like, you know. Yeah. It's never I've never not known when I've looked for right for a crystal. The or- first crystal pendulum i ever bought it was at a little crystal shop in the east village in new york and i picked up several and my friend who's a reader and astrologer he told me to hold it and to see and to kind of ask like are you for me are we aligned and like none of them moved and then i picked up this one and it was an amethyst and i still treasure it and that thing started flying yeah flying around you know clockwise and and, and i and was like saying i'm yes, here yes, like yeah. we're we need to do this together it was awesome yeah and just a little note there it's like when you do crystal ball you know is the same as a crystal if they attract and keep energy from people so just like like a little method to make sure that when you're looking for a crystal or a crystal ball, just go and tap it three times to clean the energy Mm -hmm. from the previous person who might've held it or touched it or put any sort of energy on that. So just a good little practice to clean that energy. See if it's the right crystal for you. Right. So after you pick the crystal ball, you're going to want to choose a quiet place somewhere where you won't be disturbed and where you can really focus your intent and energy. That's a very important part of scrying and you preferably want to be in a room that's dim that's you know probably lit by only just a few candles placed low and behind you and you want to also make sure that you're comfortable scrying is not like a two-minute thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) it takes a lot of dedication motivation and so you want to make sure that you're comfortable so finding like a comfortable chair and a comfortable sitting position is important to the practice you want to make sure that you're relaxed that is definitely going to be ideal because you're you want to you're focusing your intent and energy and if you're uncomfortable or your back is hurting or your shoulders are hurting it's going to be hard to scry right like right now i'm like (laughs) oh i should put my shoulders back i need to oh i'm so bad with that i need to constantly remind myself to get in scrying position exactly And so once you're comfortable and you're you are in the very quiet, dim room, you want to take a deep breath, clearing your mind from any thoughts. You're going to stare at the crystal very intently, but also very relaxed. Your eyes want to be about halfway closed because you don't want to be like trying to struggle, having them open and crying and tearing up. So, again, whole thing, you want to be relaxed all around. And so a good 
practice is to try to visualize linking your third eye to the crystal ball. And so visualizing with me is always so important with magic. Visualize whether that's a ray of light that's going from your third eye to the crystal ball or whatever it may be for you. Visualizing that is going to help with the method. And then the crystal ball after a while will start to cloud. And a little after that, the clouds will start to develop into clear, precise patterns and pictures. Yeah, I was going to say too, I have this uh, salve that is called flying ointment. Oh, okay. And it's pretty rad. I've used it for like some of the dream stuff and work that sort of needs the parting of the veil to happen. It's made of mugwort, wormwood, vervain, and a couple of other things. It's called unguentum sabati. Oh, okay. And it yeah, it just seems to be really helpful. So you sort of pick a place, like I put it just a dab right in my third eye, like half an hour before I do my thing. Okay. And it does help. I think especially with putting it at my third eye, it, it is this very visceral feeling of like, interesting. there's an extra connector. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I'm very big on like doing practicing lucid dreaming and astral projection. Yeah. So for me, like anything that's going to help support that even further. Right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I keep that great. keep that hematite. Exactly. And obsidian. Like <laughs> with for protection. Yeah. Cover yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. To protect in when you're in an astral plane. Exactly. And that's definitely important. And I think with all magic, it's always about intention and right. protection. Yeah. Yeah. Intention being I'm setting myself up for success here. Exactly. <laughs> and not just diving in without any research or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. connecting to something unknown. So there, you know, we, the world and everything around us is a balance of positive and negative. And so it's always just making sure our intention is to only bring the positive in. Right. Love that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's important. So one thing to also remember is don't try to focus on just the one image or yeah. you're going to get multiple images that are going to come to you and it's going to be a sequence usually is how it works. And so because these images pass really quickly, don't try to stop and then write in your journal or whatever, because then you might miss a message. And the idea is, is that it's not going to be like one picture. It's going to be a lot of images that help you to answer the question that you've asked. Right. I mean, because when do we really get one image that answers a question? Well, when I see one picture of Jason Momoa, then ah. all my all my questions are answered. Madame Touche, I take it back. Exactly. Oh, let's think about him for a second. Just Whoa. for a second. Okay, uh, Momoa break. Oh my god. All right, and we're back. <sighs> so yeah, so the best thing to be able to still focus on the the images that you're getting, the visions that you're seeing and still be able to record is to put a recorder. Yeah. So whether that's your phone or honestly, I try to stay away from electronics when you're scrying. So just go get, and this day and age are really cheap, like a little, Oh yeah. Like little a tape recorder, tape recorder or a little, even if it's like a battery powered yeah. recorder, that's better than a phone. That's like connected to the network, connected right. to Wi-Fi. That's going to be distracting. Yeah. So, and honestly, I'm 10 bucks, I'm sure yeah. on Amazon or something or Go not Amazon. <laughs> yeah. 
Go thrift it. Yeah, go thrift it. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, thrifting is great. So and then, yeah. So you're saying with that to speak out loud while you're speak scrying? Speak out loud, exactly. Cool. That's speak, great. Yeah, just, I mean, same thing when you're doing your dream scrying or whatever, you're you're coming up and like if you're actually going to think about writing, it's actually a little bit of a delay, but if you're talking it, it's just yeah. going to be immediate and it's going to come out because Completely. I know I've done it where I've recorded myself after I've woken up from a lucid dream and there, I could remember so much more than For if sure. I was like waking up in the morning and trying to write. Yeah. It just, Oh yeah. It's a, yeah, it just takes away. So definitely recording, speaking it out loud, try to get all those messages, make sure you don't miss anything. Awesome. Yeah. And so that'll just allow you to see the whole picture. Cool. So yeah, that's how you do crystal ball scrying. The awesome. other, yeah, the other method, another method I'm going to be talking about, another popular method is fire scrying. And so I really like this method for me at least because I know all things on the earth and in the universe and all the elements, they're very, they have a balance of obviously positive and negative as we talked about earlier. But I feel like fire is just like very blatantly distinct in exhibiting this, right? Right, right, right. Because when you think about fire... You think about this element that brings light, that brings warmth, Mm -hmm. that brings life. And yet we also very clearly know that if you get too close, it's very powerful. It can easily burn or destroy. So destructive. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Seeing what happened in September with Portland area. Exactly. California. Yeah. Wildfires. Exactly. So, you know, and I know all the elements can be that way, but I just feel like fire, it's very blatant. People don't forget that fire is dangerous. Right. You know, thanks mom and dad. (laughs) Exactly. Don't (laughs) play with Smokey the bear. Smokey the bear. That's what I was thinking about. (laughs) Don't play with fire. Okay. I wait. Actually, I don't remember what he says. It was something like, Okay, uh, we're gonna have to. It's got. I can only picture me. him. Yeah, he's like, don't fight fire with fire. Right. That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. Something like, we, okay, we're just like somebody said that once, but yeah. I don't think it was him. No, I think it's something only like you can, can stop forest, forest fires. fires. Something like is. only you can prevent forest fires. Oh. Nailed it. Nailed it. It was coming. It was coming. (laughs) Teamwork. Teamwork is the dream work. Okay. (laughs) So by, so very, so this is a very simple method of scrying because you just need a fire to gaze at. (laughs) You can gaze either in a flame of candles. Some people use multiple candles, or if you want, you can create a larger ritual or hold a larger ritual by lighting a larger fire that'll take a while to burn out. So the big thing again for this is just with any other scrying method, just as any other scrying method, is that you want to be someplace where you can focus, that you won't be disturbed. So that means turn off your cell phones, put away your computers, send away that family, that night off. (laughs) Yeah, you can't be like at the family campground. No. Here in like teenagers on one side, Old folks doing it in a tent, tent over there. rowdy college, getting Ugh. people getting too drunk. Yep, can't do it. Yeah, I tripping, mean, tripping on shrooms. No, what? You- <laughs> Where? So you want to remove those distractions? Yep. And again, with like I mentioned, with any other form of scrying, you want to breathe deeply. You want to relax yourself and focus on watching the fire as it 
flickers and flashes. And so as you do this, you're going to look for images that it's trying to reveal to you and even sounds like the crackling of the fire. And some people say that they even hear like voices or whispering or song. So whatever it, it needs to relay, whatever message that fire needs to relay will. So just make sure that you're very careful in taking it all in. Right. Yeah, so images, sounds, and again, they might appear quickly, so best to use a recorder in this method as well. I feel like in all methods of scrying. if it's available, go for it. Go for it. And so now we're moving on to water scrying, and this is a very ancient method of scrying that the Celts used a lot, and you simply need a bowl of water. Well, there's a couple ways to do it. If you want to go the simple route, you just need a bowl of water that's made of Glass, brass, or silver. So that's pretty easily accessible. I got a Tupperware too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You do kind of want to prefer it to be round. So round Tupperware. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Pyrex. Yes, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Pyrex. Durable. Yep. So, you know, if something happens, don't worry about it. Yep. So, yeah. And then there's some, you know, there's things that you can add to it. Some more traditional add-ons that that you can do so a tradition calls for this for setting the base preferably on a tripod made of laurel boughs for best result mm-hmm. and then for water scrying you want to make sure that you fill the bowl with fresh water from a stream and the pertinent part here is that it's collected at night so okay. not at daytime yeah and it's also preferable that it's collected on a night of a full moon yeah so and the idea obviously can you get the water like can you go and get a fill a gallon jug yep and then take it home keep it somewhere use it yes rad absolutely the collection it's not the storing the collection Uh and honestly you don't have to throw the water away so the idea is that you could say this is my scrying water this is my scrying water Cool. And uh, you can reuse it. Yep, exactly. No, I mean, and and the thing again with that is use it until it feels right. If say like at some point you've used it for, I don't know, two months or even two years and you're like, "Mm, I feel like I'm not seeing as much. Yeah. yeah. Something's calling me to to move and get some new water, then do it. Whatever feels right. Cool. Yeah. And so obviously the idea of the full moon and collecting it at night is because of, as you mentioned, the very strong connection between water, the moon, and the goddess. And so you'll either put yourself in a trance at this point to reveal the messages the water will give you by just simply staring at it, or you can take more steps and again add a more traditional method. And so what that method is is that you also want a wand, and usually it's a branch from a bay, hazel tree, or laurel, which is covered by dried resin or sap at the ends. Okay. And so what you do is you dip the wand into the water until it becomes wet. And then you'll run it around the edge of the bowl, which will cause the bowl to create like a resonating sound and cause the water to ripple. So like a singing bowl. Like, okay. Yeah. So from here, it's once, you know, from here, it's up to you how you interpret the messages received. But yeah, the water rippling and this, the sound that it makes... Again, the images and the sounds come to you in whatever way it needs to be relayed. Cool. Yeah. These are awesome. Yeah, it's all the different methods. And that's the thing. It's like what feels right to you. Yeah. 
I, I just always say that. I know I think I've said that in every episode, but it truly is. That's what I love about magic. It's always about what feels right to you. Yeah, because you're the expert of yourself. Exactly. It's not about what's popular. It's not about what everyone else is doing. It's about what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So much is intention and focus. Exactly. Yeah. That the tools aren't the same for everyone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Something that is meaningful to me might not be anything to you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so the last popular traditional method is mirror scrying. Your favorite, Katie. <laughs> I swear, I this researching this episode and chatting with you is just making me realize like all the pieces of the Bloody Mary thing that I haven't worked through as an adult. (laughs) Totally. I really think I freaked myself out. I mean, even to this day, I can't go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and look in the mirror. Like I will avoid the mirror at all costs. Uh, I am right there with you and I cannot go to the bathroom without turning on like at least two lights on the way there. I don't turn the lights on because we have a small place. I go in the dark, but I will just uh, I will stand to the side of the mirror to wash my hands before okay. I go to bed. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a condition. Well, you have Bloody Mary, <laughs> you have Candyman, Don't you have all, so many, so many things. And I feel the same way. I just feel like we're so, we were so inundated as kids about mirrors. Yeah. And, but mirrors are very powerful things, they right? They are so powerful. And so, you know, the idea of a portal into, a different dimension or yeah, you or know trapping uh, energies exactly and like so yeah. it's powerful i think is yeah. definitely what we want to walk away from this knowing it's not scary and i am being dramatic <laughs> it's not scary it's just i i understand how powerful a tool it is exactly <laughs> and and with that it's about always respecting the power yeah. That is a part of this tool. So respecting that and using that in a very particular way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so mirror scrying is actually one of the most common forms of scrying along with the crystal ball scrying. I think it's a little less popularized. You know, like I said, it's very, you know, that image is always crystal ball. But it actually is an evolved form of water scrying, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Reflective. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In a similar way. Yeah. And so usually the early mirrors are made of like polished copper or silver, brass, tinfoil or mercury behind glass or which I think is really cool. And I didn't know this until I did the research were mirrors made of complete just obsidian. Yeah. Like just, the, from the Aztecs. Exactly. I didn't know that. And so I'm like, oh, you know what? That would be really cool to have an obsidian because, you know, obviously obsidian is attached to the idea of protection, just like hematite is. So to have that as as like the foundation of your scrying yeah. would make me feel a little bit more balanced. Yeah, like I don't do dream work without those two stones. Yes. Because it I need that extra protection. Yeah. Outside of myself. Like yeah. the psychic energy protection. Yeah. And I and I've seen obsidian I, I've known about obsidian crystal balls. Like yeah, the globes. The globes and that use, but I've just never even knew that, you know, could be made into, I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. I didn't know you could access them as a like a mirror. Yeah, it totally makes sense when you hear it. Yeah, yeah, you're like, ooh. <laughs> and so because mirrors are also linked to the moon, they should be quote unquote backed with mirror. I'm sorry, backed with silver, not backed with right. mirror. <laughs> well, Close enough. Yeah. (laughs) Something shiny and gray. Exactly. The 
size of your scrying mirror does not matter. And some people will argue that the shape does. It's honestly... I I have a rectangle one. Yeah. Again. But you've been reading that circular or oval makes more sense. Exactly. But again, back to the what works for you. You do you, boo. You do you, boo. So yeah, and a lot of people tend to prefer to use a black mirror. That's not necessary either. It could be just a regular mirror or regular good old mirror that's not black at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't want to purchase one, Katie will actually be telling you how to make your own. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's really easy. So if you don't want to spend all this money buying a, a scrying An mirror it's, or something, exactly, yeah. that's going to be like costed up so much. Yep. Cost it up. Cost it up. I know that that's not a word. What 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 is the what priced am I up. priced up? Yep. Like sale, wholesale, retail. Retail, yes. Yeah. So now I wanna I know I probably just made that up, but I wanna know. I'm sure costed is not a word. It's not. <laughs> I know accosted. Accosted is yeah, which is a, what's gonna happen if Eva doesn't get us out of here soon. Exactly. Sorry. It, that's what happens. You make up words when you literally are running on like two minutes of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So as I was saying, Katie will be talking about how to make your own scrying mirror. And the idea is that you don't want to see your reflection when you're using a black mirror for scrying. So what you do or any mirror, even a regular yeah. mirror, what you do is you leave the mirror on the table and you look at it from an angle. The idea is you'd look into the depths of the mir- mirror as though you were looking into a bowl of water. Right. So you're not like literally your head's not right on top. Mm-hmm. So you can see your reflection. You're looking at an angle. And at first it may appear gray. And then, you know, soon after colors will start to come and go. And then the more time that you practice, you'll start to see images. And it's not necessary that the visions will only exist in the mirror. You can see images that might or messages that are relayed either outside of the mirror or surrounding it or even surrounding your own body right yourself so yeah that's how you do mirror scrying and those are the four traditional most popular methods of scrying and how you kind of take care of each of them if you were interested in trying any of them yeah we'd love to hear how that practice goes yeah we'd yeah please please tell us contact us facebook us all those things. All of those things. Twitter message. Yeah. There's a contact page on our website as well. Yeah. Let me jump in with our bi-weekly offering, which is that I'm going to tell you how to make your own black mirror. Okay. So you only need a few things. You need some black matte spray paint. And I think you could use gloss, but for this purpose, matte will stick to glass better. So you need, you know, a glass plate, meaning not a glass like eating dinner plate, but like I recommend in an effort to keep it sustainable, go to a thrift store or ask your friends if anyone's giving away a picture frame with glass in it. Exactly. And they're going to be like, I've gone to thrift stores and they're just like galore for like 50 cents a pop. Exactly. So just go find anything with a pane of glass in it Mm -hmm. and it could be oval, circular, square, rectangle, Loop triangle spirals who cares and you take the glass out of the frame and flip it over and so you're going to be spray painting the 
black spray paint on. Well, first you need to clean the glass, make sure it's totally free. I would use like vinegar and water or Windex, whatever, and then make sure it's dry. Then you're going to spray paint the back with the black matte paint going from side to side, trying to keep the spray as even as possible. I hold... I usually hold spray paint like like six to twelve yeah, inches really away. Like eight to twelve inches. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite a bit far. away because the closer you are, a little painting lesson. The closer you are when you're spray painting, it just like globs on and starts yeah, dripping, and you don't want it to pull. Yeah, you know? this you want it to be pretty even. So take your time. Know that you're going to use most of a can of spray paint. Yeah, and once the first layer is dry, do it again and again, and you'll end up with probably between like five and seven layers, and until you can hold it up to the the light and see nothing through it so you, it needs to be completely opaque and so do that you can also um, get some other paints like white paint or whatever color to do runes or sigils on the front whatever you want which I like that more personalized yeah totally it can you can do whatever you more want added so. levels of protection if you want yeah, exactly or whatever protective phrasing that you want to remember or call your your gods and goddesses and with So once the back is dry, flip it over. You can put it back in the frame if you want to, but you don't have to. And paint whatever you want on the front. And that's it. Now you have a reflective black mirror for scrying. Yeah, that's great. Have fun. Call me. Tell me all about it. Cost you like five bucks if you did that. And there you go. So we're so grateful again that you've chosen to... Stick around and hang out and listen um, and learn a little bit more about this amazing practice and this craft. Um, So like Amber said, you can reach out to us with feedback or questions or definitely reach out with ideas for topics we should research. Yeah, we're open to hearing what your thoughts are, what you want to hear, any things you want us to focus on. I'm very excited. I mean, we have such a long list, but there's just millions. There's always more. There's always more. So yeah, our Instagram is at magic and mythos. Our Twitter is at underscore magic and mythos. Facebook, same magic and mythos podcast. Yep. Uh, Our email address is magic and mythos podcast at gmail.com. And then our website, which has all of our sources, so all the information and research that we use for each episode is on our sources page. If you're curious about where you can learn more, then the website is magicandmythospodcast.com. And until next time, we just... Yeah. Leave us a five-star review. Yeah, that'd be great. The more... The more good reviews we get the more people we get to reach more people and it's super helpful it's super helpful exactly i mean you do you be honest be real of course but also help us out (laughs) help us out help us help a few sisters out yeah absolutely (laughs) so until next time as above so below